Hi, I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome back to the Shh, Don't Talk About It podcast. Hi, Rena. Hi, Megan. How are you doing today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm excited for today's episode. Yes, me too. We are going to be talking today about shit that we are afraid of. Yeah, actually, am I excited for today's <laughs> episode since it's a laundry list of fears and phobias that we have and yeah. I'm actually not sure how it's going to feel to go into all of that to be honest right like well some are kind of like funny fears right and some are just like fucking debilitating like fuck with your life type fears Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) there's some real life ruiners in there but then there's some that seem silly but we'll get to them but I actually think that no fear or phobia is silly if it impacts your life you know I think people get made fun of for the things that they're afraid of Mm -hmm. uh because it sounds if you're not afraid of something it sounds stupid to to be afraid of it yeah but if you do actually have a phobia or a fear of something it's very real for you and it's scary and I think people get made fun of for some of the oh some some of this the stuff that's out there that's classified as a phobia for sure like definitely shamed for being scared of something yeah like I I was researching this when I was researching this episode. I was looking at a list of rare phobias, and there's one that's like the phobia of having peanut butter stuck to your mouth. Oh, which I first I was giggling, uh huh. So I was like, that's so oddly specific. But then I thought about how that would develop, and it's got to come from like being afraid of choking, being afraid of like being allergic to peanut butter, and it became not so funny. Yeah, or just having it being coated all up and like now I'm like freaking out about <laughs> like, wait, it because yeah, like, yeah. I don't like that feeling either of like mm-hmm. you know what I mean uh, yeah so yeah I, I can see where that would come from right so. not so funny and that's it's kinda, not funny yeah it's very real to people that are f- afraid of these things you know so yeah well that's kind of why we wanted to do an episode on fears we're going to talk about our fears but we just kind of wanted to make a space on the pod to say that it's okay to be afraid of things mm-hmm. because there's like this, what, like kind of cultural taboo that fear equals weakness, maybe. Yeah. Um, that it's not okay to be afraid of stuff, like just suck it up, keep going. Yeah. There's nothing to be afraid of. How many times in your life have oh you gosh. heard there's nothing to be afraid of? And that is not helpful, people. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> when I am scared and anxious of something, do not tell me there's nothing to be afraid of. Fuck. <laughs> if, I, if I knew that, if I could feel that, I would love that. <laughs> but yeah. Shit. Yeah. I mean, so many times, you know, nobody wants to admit that they're scared of something. Or it's like, yeah, you push it down and you get over it. You fucking, do, you just do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, which there is something behind that. Yes, we should just be doing some things. But there's also a way to um, process all. There's like a process. You know, you can't just go from A to Z super quick. You know, <laughs> like. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking 
about this. I was doing a, a little bit of research cause, just because like fears and phobias <laughs> are things that I have, mm-hmm. but not things I've worked with clinically. Like that's a whole specialization to like yeah. help people through that kind of thing. So I was like, what's even the difference? Mm-hmm. And I looked it up and um, found the definition of fear as like a, a rational reaction mm-hmm. to something that is potentially dangerous, like something that's actually dangerous. Mm-hmm. So we should be afraid of things. Sure. It yeah. actually helps us stay alive. Yeah. And then it goes into like phobia territory when it's kind of an irrational fear mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. triggered by events or traumas or something that's experienced that you've experienced and maybe you uh, feel afraid even when that thing's not happening. Yeah. Or like I I do something that I do actually have a phobia of that we'll talk about later in the episode it is a completely irrational fear mm-hmm. i don't know where it came from but it's just there in mm-hmm. my little brain so that i was i thought that difference was kind of interesting and yeah. like we should not shame people for being afraid fear keeps us alive yeah yeah and then if they are afraid of something like who knows where that generated that fear generated from you yeah. know it could be something like deep rooted some serious shit you know <laughs> like, yeah who knows that just made me think of actually a time that I witnessed you getting shamed for something that you were afraid of you did at a party at oh, a friend's birthday party we don't yes. have to go into all the details necessarily but you have a fear that's very strong yeah and um. You got kind of ganged up on for it. And you were like, uh, this exists for yeah. a reason. Yeah. It was being scared. It's like being scared, like to be alone in my apartment or mm-hmm. my house, wherever I am sleeping. I can't sleep at night when I'm alone. Yeah. Uh, because I'm super fearful that somebody's going to come and get me. And yeah. And it's, uh, it's a real fear that I literally, are we, good? Are we just going to go into this? Yeah. I was okay. Gonna say, yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it has gotten me, gotten to me like the majority of my adulthood of like, I hate being home alone at night. I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I, I so I, I've been with Sergio for 18 years and when he's gone, I can't, I have to sleep on the couch mm-hmm. or like we used to have a three story town home. And I would never sleep on the third story. I needed to know what the fuck was going on, you know? And even even when he was there, even if he's there, like, I have a knife, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of other times where you were teased for that. Like, we would all make a joke out of it. Like, oh, Raina is so scared of the three, the three floors. Yes. And Raina and her knife, like, joking about the fact that you're so frightened of being alone in the dark that you sleep with a knife like that's not funny I know and and it's actually I'm really sorry for every time I participated in that joke (laughs) now that I think of it because it's not it's something that I wish I didn't have I wish so much that I could just I'm like how do people do it how do people that live alone just go to sleep you know how do Mm -hmm. they do that like I wish so much that I could do that without like yeah, I would lose sleep and I literally would be like a paranoid like person like looking out the window with the knife like oh my god, they're coming for me. Like somebody's coming for me. And there's nobody coming for me. But it's always been like that ever since I was a child. Like I always felt like there was something coming for me. And I remember I I don't know if it's because I watched scary movies as a kid. I'm sure that has something to do with it. 
but I always was scared of like, like there was like this movie called, um, have you checked the children? I think that was the name of the movie or no, when a stranger calls was the name of the movie. And, and so the phone would ring at, at night and then it would just hang up. And it would ring at night and then nobody would be there. Oh my God, I was so scared as a child when anytime the phone would ring in the middle of the night and there would nobody be on the phone, I'd be like, oh my God, they're coming. They're coming for us. Did that happen? Yeah. People would just call and it would just be dead silence on the other end? That's, I remember that as a kid. Remember Jeez. we all had house phones that rang so fucking loud? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could have been just like Wrong whatever, numbers. but it, in my head as a seven-year-old, I was like, somebody's coming for me. And it was like that movie, have, you know, and then the movie, he's like, have you checked the children? And the children are all slain at the top of the stairs in their Jeez. room. Anyway, but it's it's gotten to the point like, I don't know. I mean, now I feel a little bit better because I'm in a gated area. Yeah, and you have your <laughs> you know? dog. We, and I have got Leo, Leo and I'm on the first floor and I feel a little bit safer. But like, yeah, when I was a kid, fucking second grade, I learned about raping, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, somebody, a rapist, but I didn't call him a rapist back then. I called him a raper, which I don't even know if it's, is a word. I don't think so, but who cares for a, a second grader? Like, that's yes. just the word your brain went yeah. to. My... Yeah. A classmate of mine told this horrific story and it really like sunk in my head and I have a very vivid imagination. I always had a very vivid imagination, which is also, which is good, but also horrible for somebody who's scared of everything (laughs) because you make up so much different shit, you know, and I was scared of rapers and quotation marks back then. I didn't even know what that really meant other than they wore nylons on their head and Mm. they kill you. You know, like, and throw you out in the middle of the field. Like, it's some dark shit that I was, like, was told as a kid. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I made, got made fun of from my brother, like, forever about that. Like, other people were scared of the boogeyman. I was scared of, like, real people, like, coming to, like, kill me. You yeah. Know I mean? And see? Because that again. shit happens. Yeah. And there again, getting made fun of. hmm That's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. He would... <laughs> It's, it's like... Is this something you've been teased about your whole life, actually? Like, this fear yeah. of someone coming to get you? Yes. That's horrible. I know. And it's... I don't know where that fear stems from. Other than, like, yeah, watching horrible movies. Or, yeah, maybe horrible people did come to get me when I was a kid. You know, for real, for real. But they didn't, like you know, hurt me physically, but there's other ways that they hurt me, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where it stems from. I'm just afraid of people coming for me. (laughs) I think that's probably a big reason. Yeah. And maybe some connection with like uh, scary things happening to you that you didn't understand at nighttime. Yeah. And then you also hear these stories and your brain takes then what was actually like that rational fear Mm -hmm. and then it's maybe gotten extended a little bit into a phobia yeah because even in moments where you know rationally you're like well I'm probably safe it's still like the fear is still so overwhelming yeah it's consuming yeah I can't even there will be times where like I won't sleep at all or yeah I'll be on the couch and then I'll have the tv on the whole time because there would be long extended times that Sergio would be gone, like 10 days in a row. And I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, I just need to sleep at somebody's house, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I am a, like a 40-year-old woman. What the fuck is wrong with me, you know? I get it. I do. I mean, 
well, when I first started living alone, um, again, after being in a relationship, it was, I had to take trazodone to go to sleep because it was so scary. Mm-hmm. Don't think, I, I don't think I have that fear as strong as you do, mm-hmm. but I, I can sort of understand where it comes from. Yeah. And I just like, I picture what I look like from the outside. Like, yeah. And there's nobody, but there's nobody coming. Like who are all these people coming there? Nobody's coming, you know? Yeah. Like stop it, Raina. Stop it. Stop doing this to yourself. But it's like, it feels so real. Like it's, yeah, it's all consuming. It's the, it's a phobia at that point, right? It's irrational. That's what I think. Yeah. It like literally, yeah, it it gets to me. (laughs) So that is one of my biggest fears, which I've been better at. I've been, again, I've been able to sleep a little bit here, you know, just because I need to be around, surrounded by people. I think in my old place too, is a third story townhome down by a park by a river. (laughs) Yeah. And like (laughs) the train tracks. So Um, maybe I did have a right to be a little scared. (laughs) Well, that's the thing, right? There is like a rationality to it. And then it just gets me be like, it push extended a little far yeah because we're all I mean all humans have like primal fears of like being abandoned dying or being in pain or Mm -hmm. like being sick being hurt um losing people we care about like these are like things that everybody's just sort of walks around existentially feeling and we just ignore in order to like Mm -hmm. Live, live <laughs> get out of bed. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like you're like crazy for those feelings, but they became like they've become so big. Yeah, and it does seem better here in it LA. Is, it is better yeah. here. Like it's kind of funny, right? Because we're in LA in a big city, but it's like no, I like being in a big city. There's so many people around me, but I think what really comes down to it is I'm just always like paranoid. Yeah, that something's gonna happen. Yeah, like. Not that I mean, yes, scared that somebody's gonna come into my house and torture me. Like, I have this whole like plan of what I would do, you know, I am always prepared, but not only just coming to in my home, but also out in the world, you know, just walking Leo, you know, or just like that is one of my biggest fears that somebody's always there, you know, I'm always on edge, you know, and yeah. I think as women, that's something that we are that we have to fucking live with, but um, it is like a lot. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah I was just I mean yeah you're right some of that's like just being a woman and some of that's the trauma like I can't sit if I'm out in public I can't sit with my back to the door mm-hmm. I have to face the door and of like a restaurant and someone asked me why once and I was like oh because if somebody came in to kill me they couldn't sneak up behind me and slit my throat obviously oh, duh. and like that is truly like that it that was the actual answer and I thought everybody thought that way and Mm. the person I said it to was like baffled or I think he was like are you doing a bit right now like (laughs) what I'm like no you know like that thing where people come into restaurants and sneak up behind you and slit your throat and you want to be able to see the door so that they can't do that that thing right like no and then I was like oh I might have more unprocessed trauma than I thought I did this was years ago but yeah I think that seems like uh, just the lack of trust that we have for humanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's like the lack of trust. Yeah. Like fear, phobia is not, is, is like not trusting that it, 
it's going to be okay, you know? Yeah, uh, totally. Kind of thing. Everything's kind of seems out of your control at that time, but it's yeah. really not. Um, but yeah, I mean, what are, what's one of your greatest fears, dark well, fears? Like? Um, <laughs> I do have um, a pretty, again, this is something that I think everybody's afraid of in the abstract, but I think about it every day. I'm really, I, I think a lot about what it would be like if one of my, if my little brother or little sister passed away. Mm. I can't even, like, it's hard to even say it out loud because then I feel like I'm, like, putting it into the world or if um, something happened to Santi. Mm-hmm. And I think that's normal. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like, mm, I can't wait for the day that my heart will break when someone I love dies. But I, I like, think about it. A lot. And sometimes I like imagine that it has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's a phobia. It's just a weird thing that I do to myself Mm -hmm. that um, sucks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it is a phobia yeah. because we do it to ourselves. Nothing is actually happening. No, they're fine. Like (laughs) they're they're all fine. I'm fine in my home. I've I've lived, I've survived every night alone. (laughs) I thought I wasn't going to, you know, like. And your, your loved ones are still alive. Yeah. And I just, I think we, it's like pretty obvious where that comes from. Right. Cause that didn't exist a couple years ago, but I am obsessed with that idea Mm -hmm. now to the point where like, um, like if Santi goes out on a walk and he's gone longer than I think he should be gone every siren that I hear, I'm like, that's it. That's the ambulance going Mm -hmm. to scrape him off the street or like. I have to really like tell myself you, I don't have to text him to check in or if my sister and her wife go on a road trip, which they did a couple weeks ago. And then I don't hear I don't see them on the family chat for the day. I'm like, well, they, that's it. It. <laughs> it. This it's happened. Yeah. Um, so I don't, it's just dark. And I think I have a lot of like kind of fears that tie into that theme. Mm-hmm. And that started a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But actually when I think about it, cause my mom was in a car accident and almost died. Um, when I was like about to turn 25. And so it, maybe it's like a little bit that a little bit other yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Totally. Yeah. Because I always have a fear like very similar of like, they're dead, you know, mm-hmm. like immediately if somebody doesn't call me or text me. Right. Like we I'm have like, that. They're thing, dead. Like, <laughs> yes. Whenever one of us travels, it's like, text me when you get there. And it's like, but really text me when you get there. Else I'm going to be like calling the hospitals yeah. to see if you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when Sergio, when he's gone or goes out at night and I'm like, I don't give a fuck if you're what you're doing or if you're cheating on me, I just want to make sure that you're not dying. Just be alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at least just return my text or, so I've made that super clear. He, he knows that now. Cause I'm like, we'll stay up and like look out the window and just like freak myself the fuck mm-hmm. out that something horrible has happened. Yes. You know? So, so I get that. That's like a, I think, yeah, it's a phobia. Yeah. I've got another one that I just actually thought of, like, didn't even put this in the outline, but like, I like ruined, ruined my eyesight, hurt my eyes because when I lived alone, I wouldn't sleep with my contacts out in case my house caught on fire. That was my whole reasoning. It wasn't in case someone breaks it. It was like, I, if I take my contacts out, the house will catch on fire 
and my glasses will melt and I won't be able to get out of the house. Oh my god! Which was like, first of all, <laughs> glasses aren't going to melt. Second of all, I am pretty blind without my contacts, but it wasn't like a complicated floor plan. Mm-hmm. I could have yeah. gotten out. Yeah. But I was, I was so sure that if I took, I think that's like the causation was in my mind too. Like if you take your contacts out and can't see, then the house will catch on fire mm-hmm. and you will be so blind that you will burn to death. Oh my gosh. That'd be horrible. Yeah. I mean the ophthalmologist or, uh, freaked me out about it and was like you're gonna you're doing like permanent damage to your eyes you have to like you're gonna go your bigger fear should be going blind (laughs) so that got in there too (laughs) i'm just a fucking like toy chest of fears in this brain they're just they're stories that we make up in our mind yeah and like nobody it's crazy what your what your brain will tell itself you know yeah and you will have those like those physiological feelings of fear. Yes. You know, like the sweating, the the fast heartbeat, like just like the weird ears, you know, mm-hmm. like everything's so loud but like echoey. Like it's just so strange how you can literally talk yourself into like that. Yeah. Do you have any that are weird? I don't mean weird in like a stigmatizing way, but like something everything we've talked about so far I'm like mm-hmm. well yeah I I could make a connection to where that comes from or like yeah. what maybe it's not rational but it makes some sense but do you have anything where you're just like what is that um I mean I'm scared of a lot of shit so um <laughs> let's see here what do I start <laughs> I think this one it's not weird it, it just is like I think a lot of people share the same fear of flying. Yeah. Um, but I flew as a kid. I had to fly back and forth, you know, when we could afford it to California and back to visit my dad. And I never had a phobia about it. And I don't know when the phobia came because I remember I was in high school and I flew, you know. But then I think when I got older in my 20s, I had like some sort of like I was super anxious about flying some point like something switched in me that I was so scared I literally thought we were gonna die like every time I got on the plane every not even every time I got on the plane anytime I picked my plane ticket I was like am I choosing my destination am I choosing my final destination oh my god you know like that's and I still kind of feel that way sometimes (laughs) but like and then weeks leading up to flying I would have like so it wasn't even anxiety it wasn't even like, oh, I just, when I'm on the plane, I don't like that. Because I, when I'm on a plane, I have to just associate because I don't like that feeling of knowing that, like, there's nothing underneath you. Jesus, but... take the wheel. Like, let <laughs> yeah. go and let God with this one, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel that way leading up to it. I didn't realize it was, like, everything on the, like, steps everything. to it. Oh, Planning thanks. the trip. And then, like, oh, fuck, it's booked. God, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. shit. I'm going to have to go for it. I'm going to do it. And then, like, but I'll be anxious. And I, I will just, like, no, for sure. Oh, this is it. This is it. I'm going to, like, make sure my desk is super clean. You know? <laughs> make sure my house is clean. Because when I die, I don't want people oh to, like, God. every time I flew. And I flew a lot. Um, so I guess that's that's something great, right? I, I still went with <laughs> and got over. And I didn't get over my fear, but I you know, feel the fear and do it anyway type shit. Yeah. Um, but I, even then I would get on the plane and I would be like, 
just waiting like here it comes it's so sweaty oh like taking off was the worst you know and i would be like anybody who sits next to me on the plane knows that i would be wrapped around their arm yeah and i'll be like <laughs> like shaking and crying and then squeezing them so tight until we got up in the air and then i would be okay until any sort of little bump or turbulence and i'm like immediately back on their arm there's been times that i've been crying on the plane this like the the flight attendants had to like calm me down and this is, I'm an adult at this time. The flight attendants had to calm you down? Yeah. like I'm You like, never told me about that. We're going to What? Because we were like in the middle of a fucking storm. Oh my God. And like flying to Buffalo. And I'm just like, my family was there. Like, I literally thought we were dying. And then there was a time when we were flying to Tulum. And me and, and, me and my sister Tamara, like, she was like <laughs> so crazy because she's not scared of flying, but she gets hella motion sickness. Oh, so here, she, the, it was so bumpy. She's throwing up in a bag. I'm like holding on to her, like sobbing oh, and crying. <laughs> I thought we were going down. <laughs> she's like trying to console me as she's puking. I mean, we made it, but I was fucking sure that we were going down. Um, but then there would be times that, like, I would, like, get on the plane and I'd look around at the, everybody that's on there. And, you know, the whole thing. Well, if there's babies on the plane, we can't go down, you know. Um. <laughs> because God is so gentle and takes care of babies. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I would yeah, rationale but that, things. Anything to get yourself through it. Yeah, or I'd be on there and then be like, well, we're all going down, you know. Like, I was so fucking sure that that was it. So sure. So certain. Every time just like I was so certain every time somebody was coming to get me like it's insane how I can talk myself into these things and look I'm still alive you know yeah. I've survived yeah. <laughs> there was nothing happening there was nothing going on and then and then I got into my head of like Raina come on do you think your fear controls the fate of everybody on this plane like do you think you're that powerful that just because you think we're going down I'm going to end all these people's lives around me. You know what I mean? Like, stop it. That's a good... Stop it. That's a good way to talk yourself through it. Yeah. 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 Because I I realized that I just had a lot of anxiety. I was scared of everything. I was just a scared human. So after going through therapy and working on my anxiety, um, I'm not scared to fly anymore, which is like... That's amazing. Insane to me. I mean, I still have that rational fear that, yeah, the plane could crash, you know? Yeah, like I might be choosing my final destination when I choose to fly American and not Alaska. I always fly Alaska, but if I fly American, we're definitely going down Um, because I can hear the news story American flight 250. Right. Yeah. But other than that, I'm not, I, I still fly. I've still, I've still always, I've never been the one to just run off the plane, you know? Yeah. I would like torture myself. I was on my own torturing every time. So I don't know if that's like weird. <laughs> I think a lot of people are scared of flying, but that's I, when I think about my some of my greatest fears. But how about you? Do you have anything like weird or like torturing? <laughs> I have one that I think is strange, which is I am afraid of fish, like afraid of fish mm. to the level... To the level that I think it's a phobia. I actually took a, a quiz <laughs> before. Oh I took gosh. a. It's called. It's like I don't. Know, it's the phobia. I don't know how to say it, but the fear of fish. And so I took a fish phobia online quiz before because I was like, "Is this again? Am I doing a bit or am I actually scared of fish?" But I am mm-hmm. actually like really frightened of them. Mm-hmm. Um, since I was a kid, like go even 
going to a pet store or like the pet aisle at Walmart mm. where they have all those fish tanks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how maybe maybe not everyone went to Walmart a lot as a kid. I did. And we were they had like fish. They have like a pet area at the Walmart oh. that we would go to and it had like fish tanks. Mm-hmm. And walking past it was like the scariest thing to me. I always had this image of, <laughs> in my mind of all of the fish tanks breaking at once and all of the fish like flying at me and getting on me, touching Uh me. And it makes me like, I feel deeply uncomfortable even thinking about it Uh right now. Now, does this impact my life deeply? No, because I just don't have pet fish and I don't go snorkeling, go in the water. I've been snorkeling once because my mom really wanted to, and we were on a trip and it was like, she, before she was in her car accident, I mentioned she traveled all the time and this was like the first out trip out of the country that she'd taken since that accident. And we were in the Bahamas. She wanted to snorkel. So I did it for her and I was so scared the whole oh time. Gosh. A fish looked at me. It looked at me with its fish eye. I've always said, like, I know that I'm going to see that fish the moment I die. Like, my moment of death will just be this fish coming at me. Like, he marked me with his little eye. I hate it. And even when we went, like, we were just in um, Tulum Mm -hmm. all together. And we Mm -hmm. were in, when we were in that cenote. Oh, yeah. And And there was fish around. I wouldn't have gotten in if you weren't in. (sighs) That was the only thing that got me to, like... Jump. Like, I was going to say jump into the water, but I didn't even jump in. I like we both frighteningly walked. stepped in while wearing a life jacket. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a really hard thing. Like that was like really hard for me to get myself in there mm-hmm. and stay in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it comes from, but I just yeah. hate them. They're disgusting and I don't want them touching me or looking at me. Interesting. That was um, an interesting affair. Yeah, like thinking about it right now, like I feel like I'm yeah. going to throw up. Because like, I mean I'm, like think. People have, like, scared, like, I'm, I fucking hate spiders so fucking much. I hate them. I'm yeah. so scared of them. But I think that's common. But spiders can actually do, like, what is a fish going to do? And I'm not, sh- I'm actually not afraid of sharks. Mm. Um, I'm just little fuckers. Yeah. And I grew up landlocked. I grew oh. up in the desert. Yeah, that's why you were so scared. Who knows? But it's a weird one. Yeah, it doesn't no. really impact my life, but it does make, like, the idea of, of a fish being around me makes me want to throw up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... No fish for you. No fish for me. You don't even eat fish. No. Well, you don't even eat meat at all, so. No. <laughs> but would you eat a fish? <laughs> I would. I'm not afraid to eat them. I'm afraid of them being alive and touching me and being alive and looking at me. Oh. Or having their tanks break and all washing over yeah. me like a wave of oh fish. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I hate them. So not life-altering, just strange. I'll uh-huh. never do anything about it because... Um. It doesn't impact yeah. my life. Yeah, but I'm just like I wondering. don't know how to swim anyway, so it's like, oh, Megan am I missing out? Irwin, um, yeah. we need it. You have a pool. We should have. <laughs> I'll teach you how to swim. Um. But like, am I, I'm like, what am I missing out on? Like, I like scuba diving. I don't want to fucking do that anyway. Yeah. I'm fine on yeah. land. No, that's okay. That's okay. Like, but I'm just wondering, like, if it's some past life shit. You maybe. know, <laughs> well, maybe you like, were in the water. Maybe you were. Maybe. Your life was in the water. Before. Maybe I was looked at by a fish and I died. Maybe. <laughs> That's what I saw is just little little mouth like. Whoa. Yeah, because I do feel like some it of our so fears or phobias maybe carry over from a past life. For um, sure, that energy is still ones. in you, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like even, so I saw like a psychic way back when I was like probably mid twenties and I think I was already scared of flying already when I saw her. Cause yeah, I definitely was. And I remember her telling me about one of my, like my past life just before this one, I died in a plane crash. Okay. Well then there you go. You know, but what could it have been with the fish? Oh, I don't was know. Was I a fisherman? <laughs> Did did Moby you could have been Moby, a dip, like Moby a, Dick's a whale? Maybe not a got fish. eaten by a fish. Yeah, or just piranhas. <laughs> piranhas. <laughs> God, that just you saying that makes my throat. Oh my gosh, up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, it's it's okay. It's a weird. It's a weird one. But that is crazy to me. Now that I think about that psychic when she was yeah. telling me, because I wasn't scared of flying until I got into my twenties. And she said I died young. So that interesting. That I like lived a life in New York City and I was an entertainer and then I got on the plane to fly to LA and then I fucking died. And I'm like, oh, that explains so much about like why I'm so scared of like, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> I don't know. And she didn't know anything about me. So that kind of explains some a little bit. Well, that makes me wonder. So I was just thinking about how the theme of our season is leap of faith, which is, you know, involves doing things that are scary, Mm -hmm. even if you're scared, like do it scared, right? That whole catchphrase. So I was, I'm wondering if there's anything that you have a like deep seated fear or a phobia of that you've like pushed through. Like if you didn't push through it, your life would be worse or different in some way. Yeah, I mean, I pushed through the fear of flying. Well, yeah, that's true. And you are (laughs) such a traveler. I I can't imagine. I know, I travel all the time. Yeah. But I would just never let it stop me. I like, like, I just, again, I am good at being (laughs) tortured and (laughs) living life in chaos. Um, (laughs) That's how I thrive. Um, But no, I had like a horrible stage fright, like horrible. Which is crazy because just for listeners, in case anybody is not aware, Raina is a very gifted singer. I'm always sound like I'm like your publicist or like your biggest (laughs) like simp fan, but she's a really, really, really talented singer. And so to be afraid to use that talent is wild. Oh my gosh. I was so scared. And I wasn't, again, I wasn't scared as a kid. I sang all the time when I was a kid. I remember the moment that I became scared is because I was like, what, fucking 13 years old. I was in a dance academy and then we had like a show where we we do some, show our talents, you know, something different, you know, um, for our dance academy peers or whatever. And so I decided to sing and I don't know who the fuck I thought I was. I was like, I'm going to sing Whitney Houston. I'm going to run to you. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but I was that kid. I was that kid. I was like. Eight, that eight-year-old girl listening to Mariah Carey and singing it with my dad, you know, like... Yeah, so you went for it. Vision of love and hitting the... Trying to hit those high notes. Like, I, that was just... That was me, and I... I never felt shy or embarrassed about, like, not hitting the note or whatever. Like, I loved to sing. But then, that fucking day, I ran off the stage crying. <laughs> what happened? Did you do bad? I think I did bad. Yeah, okay. because... <laughs> I mean, but you were 13. Like, you can't... Whitney is a swing for I the know. fences. Well, my mom's like, you should sing, um, you know, fucking that one song. Uh, if I... You know? Oh, I, I will always, always love, love you. you. Oof. 
And I was like, no, I'm going to sing this one. Because the bodyguard was out. Remember yeah. that? So I was like, I'm going to sing this song. And I rehearsed it, rehearsed it, rehearsed it. And then by the time I had to perform it, I like, my voice was like cracking. It oh. wasn't horrible. I remember watching the video and I think I'm just really hard on myself. Yes, you are. Um, but I was crying in the bathroom and then I just like zipped my mouth from there. <laughs> it was like, I wouldn't sing anymore. I was so scared. Nobody said anything bad to me. Yeah. Nobody like booed me off stage. But I was like, nope, like, and then ever since then, up until I was probably, yeah, 20, 30, <laughs> when I finally, like, whatever. But it's funny because between that time and when I was, didn't have stage right anymore at 30 years old, like, that's like, what, 15 years or more, mm-hmm. I still say, like, tried out for American Idol mm-hmm. twice, mm-hmm. tried out for The Voice once. And, like, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Like, I would never let fear. Yeah. Like, we literally, so second season of American Idol, like, Callie Clarkson won, oh my god, American Idol, oh my gosh, what is this? And then, so second season, I probably had a pretty good chance, you know, because Mm -hmm. it was a brand new show. So I was like, fuck, let's do it. So me and my sister and my boyfriend at the time got in the car and drove from Aloha, Oregon to the Rose Bowl. Here in Pasadena. Which just so people know that's like how many miles? Like eight. Well, it's 18 hours. It's 18 hours. It's like really a far drive. Yeah. I think that's fucking so brave. I like, we left like around noon. So I'm driving through the night and then got, because I was like, I think I was 21 at the time. Got in the car, drove all the way down and then got to the Rose Bowl like four in the morning or so. And we had to set up a tent so we sat That's up, amazing. We sat up a tent and we, and then I also got a hotel because I'm like, oh, well, fuck, if I'm going to be on TV, I need a place to shower and get ready. But we got in line with the tent, like set up our tent. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. It was like so hot. I remember. <laughs> and there was like, everybody was singing. <laughs> just everybody was singing. like standing on the street, just la, 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 like la. lined up in their tents, lined up in the whole like parking lot just everybody walking by everybody singing and I'm just like stop the madness you know like oh my god shut up I'm trying to sleep um but we stayed in the tent two nights for for American Idol oh my god how are you supposed to sound good after that right and I didn't (laughs) oh no that wasn't a setup for that I'm just like how is anybody supposed to sound and I was already so scared like yeah but I was there and I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna fucking do it I'm gonna do it and then like I remember the morning of like they line you up super early and then I went back to the hotel and I took a shower because you didn't know that I didn't know what the setup was right like and a lot of people may not know what this setup is you don't go to see the judges right away no especially season two like really nobody like it was still so new yeah so you don't see the judges right yeah. away. You have to go to, through multiple rounds to even get to the judges. So I took a shower, came back, and then like, and then I was really close. And then we all sat in the stadium, and they faced us towards the sun. So it's like fucking hot. And then they're doing all their TV promo shit, you know? Yeah. And so you're there forever. And then finally, I'm finally like, okay, it's my turn. It's my turn. And you go down, and it's like a fucking cat, like a cattle call is that a thing yeah I think so I so I know what you I think I I have in my mind an image of what you mean I'm feeling like nervous for you I right know now. and then it's, so it's just a bunch of tents like lined up like 20 of them probably and you're all just coming down off the stadium stairs and you're just like lined up three in a row and they're like sing and they're like telling you to sing and I'm just like 
yesterday. (laughs) I was so scared, but I did sing yesterday in Vogue style. And and I didn't make it, but I was so, I could have, I could have if I wasn't so scared. If the fear wasn't so prominent in you. Yeah, mm. yeah, but it didn't stop me, you know? I did it, and I fucking cried all my way home, and I'm just like, fuck. Um, but then I did it again. I tried out for American Idol again uh, in Seattle, and so it was a lot closer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, why not? Let's just do it. Didn't make it again, but I also think it's because we were, like, one of the last people to fucking try out. Um, but then this is a funny story. Let me tell one more story. Yeah, about- well, I remember when you did The Voice, I yeah, was sure you were going to get on The Voice. The Voice was so fun, because by then I was like, you know... Older, 20, 30? You had, you had to be, I knew you. Oh, uh, that, yeah, I think in my that, 30s. So I've we, already... Yeah, because we met in 2015. Okay. So sometime then or maybe a year later. Yeah. But we were already friends when you did that. Because I remember I we were like, yeah, like, Raina's totally going to get this. Oh, okay. I was sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close, I feel like. But it was, yeah, it was definitely in my 30s because I was already been in a band. So that's another thing, right? Like, I still had stage fright. Before The Voice, I had stage fright. Yeah. Before I got in a band. Yeah. So then I joined a band when I was 28 years old, and I had the worst stage fright even then, but I was just like the backup singer, so I was like, cool, I'll be fine. I'm with a bunch of people on stage, no big deal, and then I worked my way up to the to the lead singer of the band, and then like then my stage fright kind of just kind of went away. Like, the more you do it, right, sure. the fear you just goes away. It's exposure therapy. Yeah. It really... And, I, I threw myself in there, like, every fucking time. But the voice was fun, though. The voice was in Vegas, and me and my sister went, and that was amazing. And they were so organized. Like, I would definitely try out for the voice again, but just because they're so organized that you you know what time you're going to go. You don't have to stand in line forever. You don't have to sleep in a fucking tent for two nights, you know? You know when you're going to go. So they they also just bring everybody back into a room, like a banquet-type room, kind of sit you. There's probably, like, 20 of us sit you in, like, a U. And then you have to just go up to, there's only one person there. Uh-huh. And then you have to sing for a minute. So I sang Joss Stone, Some Kind of Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew he wanted to pick me, but he only could pick one. And he picked the fucking country girl. Damn mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but I felt good about that. Yeah. That time. And my sister had a fucking tryout too. <laughs> you, why did you make her? I mean, Jess has a good voice, but did she want to, or were you like, you have to do this so you can be with me while I'm doing yeah. it? Yeah. Well, cause she That's wanted love. to come for the experience, yeah. but you can't just be, you have to try out too, if you're going to be there. Yeah. So she tried out and she was actually the first one that they, that he called to sing. So she had to be the first one. Jess, <laughs> what was, a good sister. Yeah, it was good it was good but this is like a story of like horrible like something bad happened that I thought was yeah. horrible like totally si- I silenced myself for so many years but I con- and like like I had horrible stage fright where I would literally be like if I knew how I had to sing that night like because I, I started singing with Sergio that's how I met him but I would only literally have to sing like mm, like a verse like a chorus on a song right. once once Took five minutes on stage. That's it. I would be shitting all day long because I was so scared. <laughs> like literally. Yes. Just pooping. Yes. Laughing. Yeah. My stomach was so fucked up all day because I was so scared to get up there on that stage, you know? Um, but I did it every time. But I would be so sweaty and just like, you know, sick to my stomach. And I'm like, just do it. Do it. 
and I just kept doing it and I just kept doing it. And then eventually that fear subsided. I guess that's with the planes too, huh? I just kept doing it. (laughs) Right. I mean, I don't know that much. Again, like I said, I don't really like treat people's phobias. It's a whole specialization, but from what I understand from the little bit I learned about it in school, like exposure therapy is the thing that gets it to go away. Yeah. And so you really just like, you just, your heart wanted to perform so much. You just kept exposing yourself to this mm-hmm. thing you were scared of till now. Yeah. Now you're great. Thank I mean, you. now you have a band here. You just, when I see you, when you get on stage here, you're just up there like, yeah, here I am. Hello, obviously. <laughs> obviously, like I was put here to do this. Like you seem, I don't know if you still get the jitters, but you just seem so sure of yourself on stage mm-hmm. and like so sure of your, your voice and your performance. It's crazy to think that there was ever a time that you were like pooping your pants and crying oh gosh yes over it yeah yeah and I but I never stopped singing like I'd always sing yeah. and, like by myself in my room you know record myself alone alone I would always just do that but yeah I mean now I mean yeah sure I get nervous I get nervous I'm gonna forget my words but I don't get scared that my voice is not gonna be there for me because I feel like it's the one thing that has always been there for me my whole entire life. Like singing was how I, how was my therapy as a child. That's the only way that I could feel things in my chest, you know, that I don't know. I feel this way in my chest when I sing the same way I feel when I am meditating. Like it's just this, I can't describe it, but I know that that is, like, um, I know that I'm bigger than a lot of my fears. Like, I just know that. So I just keep doing it, yeah. you know, because there's such a there's such a separation between who you truly are, your authentic self, and like your conditioned self, you know. So, yes, I mean, we say that all the time mm-hmm. on this show, don't we? Like, you're bigger than whatever it is that you're scared of or mm-hmm. that's happened that makes you feel bad. Like, you're not... You're not your fears. They exist. They're like, Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. But you're more than that. Yeah. And you're not going to let that stop you. I think that's really, I don't know. I think that's really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Much more inspiring than like a fish tank might break and get on me. (laughs) (laughs) You got in the water. All right. That's, that's inspiring. Yes, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I shared quite a bit of my, <laughs> some of my fears, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, I mean, other than fish, Megan, like... Well, I think my biggest one that had the potential to be, like, a showstopper for me, kind of similar to, like, you with stage fright, mm-hmm. is I have this... It's gotten a lot better, actually. I don't really feel this way anymore, But for a lot of my professional life in my 20s and 30s, I was really successful, first of all, just to put that out there. When I worked in politics and policy, I had jobs that felt really big, worked for the governor, like did stuff that was felt important. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't just like trip over your feet and wind up in positions like that unless you come from some family that I don't come from. Mm -hmm. Um, So I must have 
gotten there because I knew what I was doing and was smart and competent. But I had this, like, belief that everybody was going to notice that I was a total fraud and had fooled them all. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody would wake up one day and be like, you're not supposed to be here. You're thinking, like, I guess it's such a sort of, like, classic imposter syndrome. Yeah, that you're going to be found out. But just this feeling of, like... I've tricked everybody. I'm a total liar. I'm a total fraud. They're going to find out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be so humiliated and so ruined and my career will be over. And um, it was, I guess I can't say debilitating because I still did those jobs, but I would be like driving. So when I worked for the governor, for example, I lived in Portland and the state capital and Oregon is in a different city. It's like a 90-minute drive. And I would, on days that I had to testify to the legislature, Mm -hmm. I'd be driving and I'd be so scared thinking about what I was going to have to do that I I would be, like, wishing for a car accident. Oh, my god! Like, if I get in a car accident and I'm not hurt, but my car is totaled and I can't get there, Mm -hmm. they can't make me testify today. (laughs) And I I, I wouldn't have minded if a semi had gently nudged me into the wall and I couldn't go and it was so silly because then I would get there and do a great job I was really I'm really good in front of a legislative committee I'm like mm-hmm. so good at it and oh even when I think of it now it makes me want to throw up oh or anytime I would have to do I mean that's the thing about being a leader like you have to lead mm-hmm. you are out in front of people um providing guidance inspiration information whatever it is and I always wanted that, but thought that everyone would, like, find out that I didn't deserve it and take it from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just that feeling of, like, being a fraud, like, it would keep me up at night. Oh, my gosh. But I don't really feel that anymore, partially because yeah. I just stopped doing jobs like that. <laughs> I don't feel <laughs> yeah. like an impo- But even, like, a couple years ago when I was working on a political campaign in Portland, um our universal preschool campaign. Yeah. Really big deal that I got to be a part of. And there was even a moment in that where I was on the phone with a woman, a reporter from the New York times giving an interview and thinking, when is she going to ask me why I'm such a big liar? And how dare I have this? How dare I be a part of this? Like I was really, I was like, when is she going to ask me what? So also Megan, tell me, why do you fucking suck? Mm -hmm. Why are you, why, why did they let you do this? She didn't. Yeah. Well, that. no, obviously. <laughs> but, but yeah, there's just something yeah. about like being out on the line in that way mm-hmm. that I really like. But also, I feel like maybe I feel like I don't deserve it. But the idea of like fi- everyone figuring out that I'm a liar, mm-hmm. even though I'm not, yeah, um, was always really terrifying to me. Well, yeah, I think that. Yeah, the imposter syndrome, like, it's huge, right? Like, fuck. But kudos to you for not letting that, like, keep you small, you know, and, like, shy away from something that you are really good at, you know? And then I think our brains are, again, so good at, like, wanting us to stay small or stay in balance, homeostasis. They don't, it doesn't want you to go out and put yourself out there, you know? So Mm -hmm. it, like, tells you these horrible things that you're not, 
worth it. You're not good enough. That you're a liar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just stay at home and don't do shit. You know, keep yeah. us alive. You know? But, yeah. And I just have to put myself, I just would have to tell myself like, what's worse? A legislator asking you a question you don't know the answer to or little kids not getting to go to preschool because you're too afraid to go talk in public about why this is important. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Like you're, but I really would feel like if someone, if someone would ask me a question and I wouldn't know the answer, I felt like I would die. Mm. I really, but I always had, but then they would ask me questions and I wouldn't know the answer. And I'd just be like, Oh, I think I have the answer to that Senator so-and-so, but I reserve the right to fact check myself. So I'll have to get back to it. All this corny bullshit that they like (laughs) loved. Uh Um, So dumb. So, but I really did feel like like I would die mm. if I didn't know something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the blood rushing in that, like how you felt on an airplane. Yeah, it's very silly because nobody knows anything. That it's what that was 30, 30, 30, 31 year old me, like uh-huh. thirty nine, almost forty year old me is like psh, nobody knows anything and everybody's <laughs> lying and, and everybody's scared. Not everybody's lying. That's but not every, right. a lot of people are scared. Everybody's scared and everybody's faking it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what I learned in. Uh, a decade and a half working in politics <laughs> and yes. also what I've learned now especially, in five years as a therapist. Especially so, in politics, yeah. I feel like it's just a bunch of bullshit yeah. anyway, but, but yeah, that kind of like, faking it. <laughs> if I could give a hug to my 30 year old self, I would, and I'd just be like, babe, everybody is scared and everybody's faking it except for the couple like narcissists sprinkled in here and mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. You're fine. And they're you're narcissistic not because they're really insecure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, I, I had to, I, I pushed through that and I'm glad I did cause I got to work on some cool stuff and yeah. make a difference. Yeah. And now I just don't, I don't really feel that anymore, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it definitely would keep me up at night yeah. for years. Oh, but that's the thing, right? You just keep, going just kept doing it yeah. you know like the fear is there um but you just keep exposing yourself yeah. over and over and over and, and i'm sorry y'all i don't think there's any other way to I do it there is other either. than if you think if you believe in like hypnosis shit, or maybe you like know, a maybe, good like ayahuasca journey <laughs> maybe something. you know <laughs> yeah I don't know. but if you're gonna do it sober like fuck like <laughs> like there are no shortcuts with this i'm sorry like I think, I think like when it comes down to it all at the end of the day, what we're trying to get to here is like, we just kept exposing ourselves to these things Yeah. because we know we're, we know we want it. We know we're greater than this. Um, there's some force pushing us to continue. Yeah. Um, and we have otherwise, yeah. Who knows where the fuck I would be in life. I would definitely, yeah, I would never have gone anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, if you wait until you're not scared, then you're never going to do anything. So just, I mean, what I don't want to do is the whole, like, there's nothing to be afraid of bullshit like we were talking about at the top of the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, it's valid. And, like, some of your fears exist for real reasons. Some of them, you're going to have to talk to your therapist about that. I don't know where that comes from kind of thing. But um, you you can't sit around and wait for it to just go away on its own, I guess. Yeah. You got to get on the plane, mm-hmm. sing at the audition, mm-hmm. show up to work and say your piece. Yeah. yeah. Swim with the fishes. Swim with the fishes. <laughs> <laughs>
I'll do it once a year. Okay. I'll do it once a year. I mean, even when we go to the beach here, when we get in the ocean, like how you and me do, uh-huh. when Raina and I go to the beach, our partners are in the ocean swimming like little seals and we're in there. Uh, basically as far in as you have to go to pee without people seeing. <laughs> and I'm always thinking, what if a fish touches me? <laughs> well, I think about it when we're in there, but I still go in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, just, yeah, exposing yourself over and over and over and over again, and you'll find out that there's nothing... <laughs> there's nothing to be scared of. <laughs> there is something just to be kidding. scared there of. There is something to be scared of. But it won't kill you, probably. Yeah. Right? Probably. <laughs> Probably, or it will, and and then I guess and you won't care. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> You'd be gone. Yeah. Well, so that's all of the. That's like our think, list of things we're yeah, scared of. Those are the heavy ones. hitters. Those if we biggies. went down everything, yeah. we'd be here all night. Yeah, that would be a whole podcast. <laughs> Literally, just an episode on each phobia. That yeah. would be fun. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we could That'd do a deep dive into season. like a bonus. We'll see. Maybe we'll do something along those lines and put it on the Patreon. Yeah. But until then, Mm -hmm. we want to hear from you listeners. Um, The Leap of Faith challenge we want to give you this week is to what? Well, we want you to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we would love to challenge you to do something that freaks you the fuck out. Um, and tell us about it. Yep. Like we want to hear your stories. That's why we're here. We're sharing our stories. We'd love to hear your stories and share them with others as well. So we can like one by one chip away at that shame mountain. Yep. You know? Like getting rid of the shame mountain and doing like group exposure therapy. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So yeah. Um, tag us, you know, if you're, if you're out doing something, you're like, look, Look at shh, don't talk about it. <laughs> Look what I'm doing. Um, I would we would love to see it, you know. Yes. I think it would be it would be a great challenge. And you do it and I'll do it too. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, in the meantime, while you're figuring out what fear you're gonna face, um, please also remember to go onto your favorite podcast app and give us a rating write us a review even if it's just a few words and really really important for us at this stage share us with your friends send this episode and your favorite episode to a couple friends ask them to check us out um follow us on our instagram account and um get to know us y'all yeah yeah you can um you can hit us up on the gram we're at shh underscore don't talk about it pod that's shh with three h's yep. it's shh okay <laughs> shh with three h's okay um, shush <laughs> um or you can email us at info at shh don't talk dot com um or you can find us on the tickety talks uh same same shh, underscore don't talk about a pod <laughs> yeah Uh, so we'll see you there and we'll see you again next week so thank you for joining us today we'll see you next time bye bye don't talk about it that was good that was a fun one I think